Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're at Pluckers in Dallas. This is the Greenville Lovers location. It's centrally located for folks on the Dallas side of town. And, man, it would mean the world to us to pack this place today. I mean, this is a – this is a we're, we're sending out the bat signal. We need you Tolos. We need you loyal Ben and Skin Show supporters. This, this is our first – lunchtime remote at a pluckers uh, since we've changed day parts and we need to show the world including our friends at pluckers hey that our listeners will come out and have lunch with us so uh if we owe you a favor if if uh, you owe us money if there's anything out there like that if you've asked us to stay away from your mom and we've done that Mm -hmm. whatever it is if you owe us we need you and if you just want to do a solid for us we need you to come join us at pluckers in dallas today we would love that yeah absolutely and so we've always had a lot of success with Pluckers during happy hour because, let's face it, our listeners like to drink beer and whiskey and eat wings. Some wings. Uh, a lot of you probably aren't going to drink beer on your lunch break, or maybe some of you are getting off the morning shift. Either way, come on out and have lunch with us. It's right here at Lovers and Greenville. This is a great location. We've always had a lot of fun here, and we plan on having a lot of fun today. Yeah, this is going to be a great show. And something we failed to mention in the mix with uh, Sean and RJ is that we have royalty on our show today. Oh. The great Michael Young. Michael Young joins us today. It's either going to be at 1240 or 1. He's getting his number retired on Saturday. So that is huge. Michael Young joins us today. I love when we had Woody on yesterday, and he said, I got here, and I was like, how come number 10's not retired out there? Well, well they uh, got that taken care of. and It's interesting. It's like they could have done it in the new ballpark, where it was, uh, the weather was a little bit nicer because they could control the environment. But they're like, no, we need to retire our all-time hit leader's number this year at Globe Life because he did his damage at Globe Life. And so the weather god said, all right, cool. We love Michael Young so much. We'll, we'll lower the temp a couple degrees. So it's looking like the temperatures will be uh, very tolerable for Michael Young's uh, jersey retirement ceremony on Saturday. Now, I don't know this for certain, but uh, Skin and I are such Michael Young fanboys that KT has always felt the need to balance things out, so he's kind of mm-hmm. trashed Michael Young. I don't know, if KT, will you be picketing the ballpark over the weekend to try to keep uh, Michael's number from being retired? No, no, I'm going. Uh, I'm going, yeah, I'm going to be dressed up like a clown, and uh, yep. I'm going to be at the at the game. A clown in a tin jersey. Yeah. That'd be great. Saturday's right. going to be a big day, man. We got a little uh, cornhole action at the Reservoir in Las Colinas. And then once that's over, I'm t- headed out to the ballpark to uh, be on field and uh, really just going to just kind of run on the field on my own. <laughs> right, what are you doing right. on the field? Yeah, you're just running out there uh, in a clown the field. costume? Yeah, a clown, but I'll <laughs> also be in full baseball uniform as well. Oh, like a baseball clown. clown. Just to see how Michael reacts. So do you put on the full clown uniform and then the baseball uniform over it? Yeah. Oh, what a oh, hot wow. beating that yeah. is. Yeah, full body paint or just face paint? I'm just paint. Oh, face paint. Okay. I'm just paying full tribute to him and uh, wear my Michael Young jersey. Oh, will, will you, when we have him on the show today, question his hero's average? No, he knows. <laughs> Zero, isn't it? What? what? Oh, you too? Whoa, dude, no, no. I, dude, it was like Christ. 129. I don't know why he's bringing up zero. I don't think he ever got a hit. 
I don't think it's possible. Yeah. It's quite possible. I don't think so. Nah, he's at like he at like one fifty. I think he reached base on air. He's like in a rugi area. I, you guys drew me off sides. I cannot believe you guys are trashing the great Michael Young. But you're not no, really look, trashing him. Let's just say that heroes won't retire his number. <laughs> He's a great Michael guy, Young though. joins us today at 1240 yeah, yeah. or 1. We're very much looking forward to that. That'll be awesome. And, man, in terms of today's show, we also have the uh, final preseason game today. And, I, you know, with the Cowboys actually having a super solid roster with lots of depth, it is. There are some intriguing aspects to the most meaningless game in all of football, the final preseason game. Yeah, and, you know, Ben, there's, we, we go to the Athletic on a regular basis because there's so much good content there. They had a really interesting piece taking every team in the league with its surplus and its deficit of needs, and there was so many great conversations on the station the last couple days about they're loaded at offensive line and they're loaded at defensive line. And as we know, you get to this point, if you're going to cut a good player, you'd much rather trade that good player and get a little something for him. And a lot of teams, they go, oh, well, why wouldn't the team just wait till you cut him? Well, sometimes it depends on where you are in the waiver wire. And if they really want your player, they're willing to give up a pick or a player that they have a surplus for it. And so tonight is really important in that regard, especially when you're watching this game, looking at offensive line and defensive line to see who shines because – Cowboys can't keep them all. They're really loaded in those areas. Yeah, they are, and it, it, it makes you wonder, will there be some trade activity? Like, could the Cowboys, instead of cutting somebody that a team wants, could they trade those guys and pick up some additional picks? And there, there seems to be some murmurs and whispers and irresponsible rumors floating around with regard to Taco Charlton. And I was listening today to, to Sean and RJ on my way in, and they were talking about this idea that, hey, man, it's, it's possible that uh, the Cowboys could trade or flat-out release Taco. And I'm like, what, dude? He has overachieved so mightily uh, this preseason, and he's been one of the most dominant players, in, at least in their, in their preseason games, and he's even flashed some in practice. I'm like, wait a second, you're finally getting value out of a first-round pick that I had already written off as a bust. If, is it possible that they're so loaded everywhere that they would actually cut Taco? So here's the thing, and, and Fish has been big on this, and we talked about this a lot last year. For Taco, he has already set a precedent of moping around and being a negative influence. And so when you look at the depth and the quality of the guys that they have on the defensive line, both inside and out, and you're sitting here and you're making these decisions and you have some intangibles that you work through the decisions – do you want a guy who's been around for two years and been negative and moped and said that his agent was his leader? Do you want that? And so I have the opinion that I, I know that he had got banged up a little bit in last week's game or Saturday night game against the Texans. I personally think it's in the Cowboys' best interest to hold Taco out of tonight's game. Don't even risk him putting any negative tape out there and then actively try to trade him if you feel like you don't want him because all you have is three preseason games of him surging. You pull him out of the game. You pull your players out of the final preseason game for two reasons. Number one, they're big-time contributors and they're squared away and you don't even want to risk injury. Or number two, they're banged up a little bit. So both of those kind of fit, right? In other words, we don't need to showcase Taco anymore. We've showcased him. Look at his numbers. The guy had two sacks and a fumble and a fumble recovery last week. You can't shine any more than that. Let's not put any more tape out there. Let's see if we can get a fourth-round pick for him. Unless there's no market out there for him, unless they've been talking to teams and teams are like, no, nah, we want to see if you cut him. Right. We're not going to give up anything of value. If that's the case, 
and there's teams going, eh, I need to see a little more. Is he? We don't know how tough he is. Is he hurt? You know, you know, we're sure. just going to wait and see how this plays out. And if that's the case, it would make sense for him to go out there and play tonight and do something else positive to solidify a market out there for him. But, man, I'm, I kind of was ready to see them get something out of that first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Now, it's true that the best organizations aren't beholden to that and don't say, well, we drafted this guy, we have to play him. You know, they move on. I was listening to them talk about that this morning, and I agree. Is it time for them to admit that Taco was a mistake and, and just move on, or are they finally getting some returns, and what, is it worth seeing this thing out? I do wonder, you know, his, his comments about his agent and those things really do stand out, and has he worn out his welcome here? That's, that's possible. So it will be intriguing to see if he plays tonight. Maybe there is enough, maybe there is enough tape out there that there's a market for him. But um, if there's talk also of him just being released, that's usually not good for a trade. Right. Hey, the Cowboys are thinking about trading Taco. Or releasing him, right? And that's bad for the marketplace, right there. And, and that's why that's why you usually, when people look at these deals and go, "You only got a fifth? It's like, well, the reason you got a fifth is someone gave you a fifth round pick so they could bump themselves up in the waiver wire because they thought the player wasn't going to end up landing to them. Someone else would make the claim before that, or you know, and that's the deal with Taco. Taco is a first round pick. Taco's got two years. Really, the best stretch of football Taco's ever played is these three preseason games. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I, I was Kavanaugh that made this point, uh, and I hadn't thought about it until, you know, I, I, after hearing him say this and thinking back to it. The best thing Taco did in that third preseason game was get hurt and then come back out and play because so many people do question his toughness. That was a big sign. But I think the Cowboys are probably to the point with him where it's like, well, it's over there walking like a duck and quacking, so I'm not going to sit here and act like it's not a duck anymore. I mean, he's been here long enough. Now sometimes guys can turn a corner, right, and and put the negativity behind them and figure things out and start moving forward. The Cowboys would know that better than anybody because they've been at practice with him every single day. And if his behavior and body language and some of these things are just like they've always been, they would know that despite what he's shown all of us on the outside in these three preseason games. Just got a text message here. You can text message us at any point, 877-881-1053. From the 817, I'm coming to join you guys at Pluckers in Dallas on Greenville. Thank you very much. God bless you. We hope all of you listening right now are able to come have lunch with us today at Pluckers in Dallas off Lovers in Greenville. KT, where are you on the the whole taco situation? Yeah, I mean, I think you let him play tonight, and I think – He's going to make the team just because, I think, of the Quinn injury because that's going to save a roster spot for two weeks, and that's where I think they, they will probably carry 10 would be my guess. Um, def- depending how you you know define Tyrone Crawford and Kerry Hyder, defensive linemen, defensive ends, you look at the whole realm of it, yeah, they're going to carry 10 guys on the defensive line and be really strong there. I think offensive line is – the backup offensive line, I think, is a weakness, and I think it's something they need to – to take a look at. Now tell me why you think that's a weakness because most people are listing that as a strength for this team. Yeah, I just don't see that. Um, Xavier Suofilo, we've seen him go get playing time and we haven't seen it be very good. Are you not counting McGovern? Is that the thing? Well, McGovern's hurt, yeah. Until McGovern's in the mix, I mean, it's real hard for me to take him seriously, right? He's on on the pup to start the year, right? I think so. Like he's going to move to that six-game pup or whatever they call it. Yeah, he's got the boob injury. And then uh, Cam Fleming, you know, Every, every everything I saw at camp, I didn't see much out of him. So it was nothing that was overwhelming. The the question is if Tyron and Tyron's the one I'm more worried about of the starters with injuries. It's more Tyron than Zach, just because it's been a historical thing. Mm-hmm. If Tyron goes down, are you comfortable with Cam Fleming in there? I don't know. 
and I heard Mickey talking about some of that stuff yesterday, and I was like, oh, man. I'm more cut. Mickey's in the building talking to a lot of guys. I, I think there's concern about Cam Fleming and how he would hold up if he was asked to play a lot. They wouldn't do it, but I'd be more comfortable moving Connor to the outside and plugging Joe Looney in there. Hey, what uh, – I mean, well, hold on. If Suofilo is already seen as the guard over Looney, what does that tell you? Well, I think that – I think the main reason for that is because of Travis and center and just keeping – I think they wanted to keep Joe Looney flexible. I mean, I, we, we've heard different things from, like you said, people inside the building, but I think they all regard Joe as a better offensive lineman than Xavier. And I think if yeah. push came to shove, they would let Joe be your guard. Well, the big story in Cowboy land are the Ezekiel Elliott negotiations, and they have been complicated here of late because uh, Zeke's agent, Rocky Arsenault, uh, is also Marshall Falk's former agent, and Marshall Falk is rumored to work for that agency. I had somebody reach out to me and tell me he's taken the agent exam and everything. And so it, Marshall Falk, if he's going to both be a media personality and give opinions, at the same time be a part of an agency – at the same time, go spend time with Zeke and Cabo. Boy, this is not a good look. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. As a Cowboy fan, I always want things to go smoothly so they can go win at the highest level. Uh, That obviously has not been the case since, oh, I don't know, the mid to early 90s. But on that level, I want Zeke here and ready to rock and roll. But as people that have to come on the air and talk about sports four hours a day, I'd like to thank Zeke for causing all this drama and creating all this chaos. And there seems to be new wrinkles to it every couple of days, guys. And the current wrinkle is the involvement of Marshall Falk. Now, he's been very vocal on several media platforms commenting on Zeke's situation in relation to his teammates. And please understand this. That is a cardinal professional sports sin. You do not start commenting on how much money your teammates should be making. That's, they do not do that. I, I can't think of any sport that that's okay in. It doesn't happen. And they don't even do it with team guys on other teams. That's part of that fraternity. Don't get into my money. And Marshall Falk is throwing Zeke in the middle of this, and Zeke's not even speaking for himself. But he is guilty by association, and the way that Ben worded it earlier is it's all happening on Zeke's tab. Let's get into some of these comments first and then really break down the situation. Let's start by going back in time to last week. Last Thursday, he was on with uh, Rich Eisen. It's clip number one, Shippy. And here he is uh, opining on Dak as a quarterback. Knowing the quarterback situation in terms of being paid, as you pointed out, is he, is he one of the bum quarterbacks that you're talking about? He will be. Once they give him that kind of money, <laughs> based, on, based on his work, he'll be a bum. All right. So we can talk about context and all those kinds of things. But he went there. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and keep in mind, this is a guy who is currently going through contact, contract negotiations. Marshall Falk is inserting himself into the Dak Prescott contract negotiations 
by making those comments. Right. And let's be clear here. He is not a current on-air media personality anywhere, correct? I don't believe so. Not an opinion. He was suspended by the NFL Network. I was told that he sat for the agent's exam and that he is partners with Rocky Arsenault, which to me muddies the water and complicates things even further. And I talked to one league source who was talking about what a terrible look this is for Arsenault, that Marshall Falk is ruining all this, like making Zeke look bad, making Arsenault look bad, but it could be that he's feeling the pressure that he's about to get fired from Zeke. And so he called in Marshall to help him and come down and calm him down. Hey, here's a running back legend who believes in me. And right. uh, now he's out, but he's with by him trashing Jalen Smith and trashing Dak. I mean, he is essentially the only mouthpiece out there, the only person talking for Zeke. Arsenal isn't talking. Zeke isn't talking. So it's easy to make that leap and say, hey, man, is this guy representing your thoughts, Zeke? I mean, whether he is or isn't, the perception is there that he is. And here's the other problem with this, Ben. So we talk about what is and isn't a distraction, okay? Hey, guys, Zeke is not in camp. Well, that's one level of distraction. Then going to Jalen Smith's locker and going, hey, Jalen, what did you think about what Marshall Falk said about you not earning your money uh, and he's tying himself to Zeke? That's a different level of distraction. There's levels of distractions. That is a way different one. You don't want to stand at your – it's one thing to stand at your locker and go, hey, is, when do you need Zeke here? Ah, no comment. That's Zeke. Hey, what do you think about Zeke's camp saying this about you and your contract? That's a different right. level of distraction. That's Zeke, antagonizing. The way that Zeke can get out of this bad look is by firing Arsenault. Mm-hmm. He needs to get a new agent. Because if he fires Arsenault, then he tells his, the locker room, hey, man, I wasn't cool with all this. Right. This was not good. He was, they were, uh, he was not authorized to speak for me. He was giving his opinion. You know what? This has become a disaster. I'm out. But didn't he, didn't he already go and work out with Zeke? Yeah. Now, and, 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 and he did that after saying, what, after. we just played right. you. Which to me, like when we first, when this story first came out and he was, he, you know, and Marshall Falk was talking about, uh, you know, he, whatever comedy made about Dak being a bum that we just listened to. Like, I thought, okay, well, I didn't know he was in bed with the agency. And <laughs> I didn't know he, he was a part of the agency. And when he said he was going to Cabo to work out with Zeke, that was simultaneously when we were hearing Zeke's flying back. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this guy is so unplugged. He's talking about going to Cabo when Zeke's coming back from Cabo. So I didn't really give it a lot of merit. I thought, man, maybe. But then when Zeke did stay in Cabo and then Falk did go there and work out with him, it gave all that way more credence. And one of the things that we talked about on that Friday was that Marshall Falk was representing Arsenault's side because if Zeke really was flying back and Arsenault still wanted to squeeze more, they have to put that. They have to put that other thing. No, no, no. Zeke's not coming back. No, Zeke's here working out. In fact, I'm Marshall Falk, and I'm going to go work out with him. They're they're not they're not there's not any progress, and so there's two sides putting out information here. Okay, so one of the things that happened then is after that weekend, Jalen Smith got his deal done, and when Jalen Smith got his deal done, we played you the audio from the press conference here on the fan, and we talked about the fact that some of Jerry Jones's comments. It was clear that it was talking about Zeke's situation without mentioning Zeke's name. Hey, the guys that want to be Cowboys and see the benefit of Cowboys, boy, they get their deals done, even when they're not up. All right? That's whether you, that clearly is a, is a discussion about Zeke. Sure. Because there's one player who's not in camp. It's Zeke. Everybody else who's unhappy with their contracts, they're still there. They're still playing. They're still a part of the team. So now Marshall Falk decides to bring Jalen Smith into the conversation on the Dan Patrick mm-hmm. show. But if you think about what 
what Jalen Smith did and what he got compared to what Zeke has done and what he is asking for, it's not even close. It's not even close. Well, why? Why they they, they drafted a they drafted a first round they drafted a linebacker in the first round last year. If they thought so much of Jalen, I mean, you draft another linebacker in the first round, dude. Why? Why would he go there? And and so it, the one thing that if I'm trying to make sense of that, he's trying to make the Le'Veon Bell argument. All right, because sensibly you can go, they're not the same position. They don't do the same things. And if the reports are accurate, the Cowboys are offering Zeke a deal, total value, not guaranteed, but average year, which is how all of these deals are reported so that agents can pound their chest and go, look at the per year deal I got. They talk about it differently than the way it really matters. We always talk about this. It's guaranteed money, but they always report on average year. And that's how these things are always discussed publicly. So why would you go there? Jalen Smith took a deal that would be less than what Zeke is making. And so what Marshall Falk is saying is Zeke needs to be paid outside of the running back market because he's so important to this team. But why would you drag Jalen's no. name into this? It's a bad look for Zeke. Again, now you've got somebody speaking for your camp, right or wrong. He's his own man, but he works for the agency. He's working out with you in Cabo, and now he's trashing the Jalen Smith contract. And this is where it really gets muddy because if you want to be fair and look at it from all sides, um, the Jalen Smith contract happened because there was an opportunity there, because Dak was asking for so much money. Zeke's asking for so much money. Amari's asking for so much money. This was a part of the negotiations for the Joneses to say, oh, look at this. Somebody wants to give us a team-friendly deal because they want to be a cowboy. In your face, gentlemen. Maybe you should hurry up and get here before the bank closes. On top of that, I'm fascinated by the Des Bryant stuff. Jason Cole uh, had this out there about an interesting story about Des Bryant. And Des Bryant put it out on Instagram and said, this is the realest story anyone's ever written about him. And it, the Cowboys had been uh, – Cole says the Cowboys have been bypassing agents and breaking rules by doing it for years. The late, great Eugene Parker told a funny story about Jerry talking directly to Des Bryant at one point. Des has a great reaction to Jerry from what I was told. Um, so the story is the late Eugene Parker uh, ha ha says that Jerry Jones called Des to the stadium and asked Des to meet him in, at, at the stadium. And they were in Jerry's suite looking over the field, and Jerry was talking about the contract with Des. And at that point, Des said something to the effect that he didn't want to talk about the contract directly with Mr. Jones. Jerry pushed a little bit, and Des said, Mr. Jones, what would happen if you tried to cover me on that field, pointing down to the field? Jerry says, well, Des, you'd kill me. Des says, well, Mr. Jones, then why would I want to negotiate a contract against you? Awesome. Pretty classic. Awesome. Parker laughed pretty hard. I've had three other agents say the same type of story, and I think this is why the Joneses were so disappointed that Zeke shocked them by not showing up for camp. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is this sets up for – a kind of a nasty negotiation, and the more the longer it goes, the nastier it gets, and so it's very, very ugly right now. And Falk is not helping things, but this is exactly why Zeke is in Cabo, as far away from the Joneses as he can possibly be. This is a pretty good text from the Autoflex leasing fan text. Someone says, "Seems to me like this is a great way for Zeke to say taboo things with a convenient layer of plausible deniability." 
between him and the sentiment. That's the way the players look at I, it. I, and I, I There's would, a lot of listeners that are going, you guys are crazy. I'm telling you, this is the way players look at this stuff. Absolutely. They are, say, they are treating Marshall Falk like he is speaking for Zeke. And if Zeke texts them, if they respond to his text, it's going to be some of the effect of you need to get your boy under control. They don't go for this, dude. We're, we're, and I've had people, you know, tweet me and say, well, what about in your life? If you're, dude, it, 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 this, is, this is professional athlete world. This ain't like our world. It's nothing like our world. Yeah. And that is a cardinal sin. Think about the insanity of this. Players in football are more concerned with a knee injury than a head injury. If you really want to take a step back and try to wrap your brain around that world, if a player goes at their knee, they look at that as one of the worst things you can do. Over going to the head because a knee injury drops your contract value. Yeah. That is the, in football, that is the number one thing. How much can you get on your contract? And Dak Prescott is currently in a negotiation. And another guy on his team that is also in a negotiation has a representative for him taking shots at his value. If you don't think that that's a problem, I'm sorry. You're just not really looking hard enough. Another text on the Autoflex leasing fan text, and I think we should just throw this out there to play the other side just for a second. And this guy says, I hope Zeke is reaching out to Dak and Jalen privately and saying these words are not mine. Yep. Because Zeke doesn't have to go tweet out no. Marshall Funk. But he could do that to, to Dak and Jalen and, and, and any of the other teammates and say, look, dudes, I, they ain't me. They're responding. Right. He and needs they're, to do that. And, and that's, it could happen. It could have already happened. That, but it, this whole thing is on his tab. Yes. And regardless, is he going to call every single player in the locker room? I mean, it's this is a bad look. And I truly feel – that the only way for Zeke to get out of this right now is to fire his agent. Is to uh, Falk has muddied the waters, and he's not just some media personality just giving opinions. He works for the agency. That's yeah. what I've been told. I've been told he sat down for the agent's exam, like I said, and that's, that's kind of he's morphing into that type of a role. That's the guy who like presented Marshall. When Marshall Falk went to the Hall of Fame, his presenter was Rocky Arsenault. Like okay. they're best friends. So here's the other thing that uh, you should consider on all this, too. Because I, I think this is a factor. And I think this has been, you mentioned that maybe Rocky Arsenault is amping up the tactics because out of fear. Yeah. So, and, and le- several people have said this. One of Zeke's number one fears, it's, if we want to make jokes, it's FOMO. The fear of missing out. I can promise you that Zeke is not happy being sequestered from the rest of his teammates. These are when good things are happening. These are when guys are bonding. And we've talked about their schedule Zeke does not want to be somewhere else while their team is moving on without him in a positive direction. Right. And that's where the agent really feels the pressure, is if his client is starting to buckle with, ah, we're going to draw a line in the sand. Watch this. The Cowboys are going to cave. That's all fine and good when you're in Oxnard. When your team is here and they start winning games, the dudes that want to be a part of things are really going to start freaking out. And, again, they start with the Giants. That's a win. They play the Redskins. That's a win. They play the Dolphins. That's the win. They're the worst team in the league. They should start out 3-0, and even without Zeke. And, you know, the thing that I, I find myself thinking about, like, and, look, we're in the opinion business. It doesn't suit us to ride the fence. You try to get as much data as you can. I don't feel like Tony Pollard is an every-down guy. He's just never been that. And when he sat across from us and we asked him about it, I didn't get the sense he had the confidence to be that. But what if he is? What if, what if he yeah. is? What if, what, what if I don't think he is, and I think they're really going to miss Zeke. I really do. But 
what if they come out and he runs for 100 yards a game in the first three games? I mean, uh, this is not going to get better for Zeke. And so it's getting ugly now. It's getting nasty. It's spilling out into the media. Marshall Falk is doing him zero favors. I think the best thing that can happen for Zeke is to fire them, save face, get a deal done, come to camp and say, man, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this. Let's go because it's gotten so ugly that it's, I think it's damaging Zeke. Clarence Hill just posted a story, uh, and it kind of ties into what pro football talk was saying about when Zeke might show up based on Jerry's comments yesterday. So basically what Clarence Hill is saying right now is that there is optimism with the Cowboys that Zeke is going to get a deal done. Uh, Jerry Jones has not talked to hold out running back Ezekiel Elliott in a while, according to Clarence, but Vice President Stephen Jones has in recent days talked to those sides. They're in a stalemate. It sounds like, uh, according to Clarence, at least the, the, the Cowboys have not really budged on the offer that they've made. And so Clarence is saying the two sides are really far apart. But I think these are interesting numbers to think about, Ben. There was a uh, pro football talk was taking what Jerry said yesterday on our station about the dog days of the season and we want Zeke for the playoffs to mean that, well, if he comes and plays the final eight games of the season, there's an old Joey Galloway arbitration that indicates that he can get service time if he plays the final eight games and then would be able to move into next season on his next salary. However, if he doesn't play these first eight games, he's going to be giving up $226,000 a game plus more than $2 million in fines. So if you miss eight games, that's basically $4 million that you're missing out on. But it would move him further down the line, have less wear and tear on his body. So the pro football talk people are taking that as an indication that Zeke's strategy is to be here for the final eight games and just give up really his entire salary for the year in order to do it and move from that 3.8 number to the $9 million number next year. Wow. And, I, you know, if things continue to go down this path and they get super ugly, you know, what type of Zeke arrives? I've wondered that, uh, you know, because there's all this talk, hey, Zeke just needs to get here. Well, if he gets here and he doesn't have a deal, I mean, he may not be full power Zeke. He may not be fully bought in. He might be, you know what, I don't feel good. I don't, you know, my hammy hurts. I don't, you know, trade me. I, I don't know anything. Uh, he may, you know, there's no guarantee he arrives and he's like, all right, I'm here, man, and thanks for not giving me what I wanted. Now let me lead the league in carries and yards per game. I got this, you know. Especially if the way these numbers work, he'd be playing this season for free. <laughs> I mean, wow. If the, Cowboy, if the Cowboys want to go ahead and punish him with $2 million of fines. Yeah. Right? So if you look at the final eight games, that's $2 million. $2 million of fines and $2 million of salary equals a wash. Man, I was reading a Joel Corey article about the three top contracts, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson. And they were talking about, uh, you know, they have the total guarantee, fully guaranteed, signing bonus, three-year cash flow, first three years, average per year, all those different things. And they're really a lot closer than I thought uh, when, when you look at it. Um, you know, the fully guaranteed amounts and uh, the three-year cash flows, they're, they're all pretty similar. I mean, if you look at the, the total guarantee for Gurley was 45. Le'Veon's was 35. I thought it was 27. But there's total guarantee, and then there's fully guaranteed. There's the signing bonus. Gurley got 21. Le'Veon got 8. David Johnson got 12. The three-year cash flow is $40 million for Gurley, 39.5 for Le'Veon. David Johnson is 31.8. First three years, 47 for Gurley, 39.5 for Le'Veon, 39 for David Johnson. And 
So if you look at the maximum value of Gurley's deal, it's $15 million per year because of escalators. The maximum value of Bell's deal is 15 per year because of incentives and salary escalators. The maximum value of Johnson's deal, $15 million per year hmm. because of incentives. So you can kind of see the framework of the deal. It's just, okay, what is the snag? Is it the Cowboys aren't comfortable with the guarantee? The, you know, what, 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 or, or did Zeke's team come in with like a CAA DAC type? Uh, ask like were they asking for over 20 isn't it interesting when you look at those numbers Ben that when we had Stephen Jones on talking about this he said and David Johnson if you want to consider him a part of this and that's all kind of lumped together I I really think this based on what Marshall Falk was saying they're taking the Le'Veon Bell approach he just compared uh, Zeke to Jalen Smith in what world do you do that well, you do that if you go, man, we don't need to make the same money as Jalen Smith. Zeke means way more. Okay, but you're talking about paying him outside of his position then. So that was the Le'Veon Bell approach. His agent said it publicly. We don't look at Le'Veon as a running back. We look at him as just a football offensive machine. So he's not going to get paid like a running back. Well, guess what? At the end of the day, he got paid like a running back. He got paid like one of the top running backs, but he still got paid like a running back. That sounds to me that if you want to take Marshall Falk at face value, he's saying, no, 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 we're not paying Zeke like a running back. Don't talk about Jalen. Zeke means way more than yeah. Jalen. We're paying him outside of his position group. Again, I talked to an agent today who told me this is such crap. Like, this deal could get done in two days. Mm -hmm. This is not a complicated thing. And when you look at Gurley, Le'Veon, and David Johnson, okay, there's the market. There's the parameters. And That's when, what the Cowboys are saying, too. And now you have Rocky Arsenault, you know, bringing in Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk slinging mud and poop all over the place, and it makes you go, okay, wait a second. What are they really asking for? You know, we've talked about Dak and CAA asking for over 40 mil a year. Maybe that's what Arsenault did, and maybe he promised Zeke. No, no, don't worry about the diminishing value of the position. You're Zeke. Right. I got this, man. I got you. Right. Look what. Look at all these running backs. I, I you know, I, I think he might have been Emmett's agent. I'm not sure. Uh, but he definitely was Marshall Falks, and now Marshall Falk is working there. For, and I could be totally wrong on that. I was just looking at pictures of Arsenal with all these great running backs, so I was assuming they were all with him. I could be wrong about that. But anyways, uh, it, it, this thing has gotten ugly unnecessarily so, and it does make you wonder, are there outlandish requests here? I like your angle, too, that Arsenal's feeling the pressure and cranking it up because an agent feels the pressure when either one of two things happens. The market changes. Do you guys think anything happened that made the market change? No. All no. right. Or number two, your client can't take it and is starting to break rank. Sure. And, dude, think about how easy this was for them. Stephen Jones was on record saying, well, you got the girly deal and we'll probably start there. Yeah. Okay, great. We're good. We'll start there. And you should be able to go in and say, hey, we'll take the girly deal. Let's go. Or no, give us a 1% raise. And so you, what are they asking but, for and here? You know, and you know what else happened, though, Ben? Now the Gurley deal is a bad deal because Gurley, Gurley's not even a featured back anymore. Gurley is not even a featured back anymore. Uh, it's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. Let's move on to this. Before we play you this clip from yesterday's show with Sean and RJ, uh, if you saw, if you, if you like to follow some of these basketball Twitter accounts that post a lot of pickup games and stuff, Luca's back in town and was hooping it up at Prestonwood Baptist yesterday. Um, I always call it Prestonwood Baptist. I, I believe it's Prestonwood Christian Academy. But, um, dude, it was really fun to see Luke out there, and he looked slim in these cuts. He looks ready to rock and roll. He was playing with Monte Ellis. He was playing with Dorian Finney-Smith. 
Uh, he's playing with the new rookie, Isaiah, and he was just dropping dimes, and they were finishing. It was really fun to watch. Oh, my God, yeah, dude. He's, he's totally slimmed down, which it makes you wonder, okay, uh, you know, and, and again, uh, you know, when you when you think about Porzingis too, the pictures that we've seen, you posted a side by side of him with the Knicks and him now. I mean, he it's is crazy, huge, crazy. He looks like Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, man. And uh, his posture is even better. You it, can tell he's like done core work and he stands up straighter. Yeah. And it, dude, it was the other day. It was Ramona Shelbourne was on the station, right? Yes. Uh, and she was talking about how, hey, you know, the Knicks they they had concern about his health moving forward, about his body and. You know, that's, they, that's one of the reasons they were willing to move on from him. Well, it makes perfect sense the way the Mavs and Team Porzingis played this then to rebuild his body and get him to the point where he is now. And if they're total, I mean, Porzingis clearly bought in. Seeing this footage of Luka and, and, and being as slim as he looks, man, it's got me super stoked for Mavs season. Okay, you mentioned Ramona Shelbourne. Let's hear this. this. I was driving down the road listening to the interview. Great stuff from Sean and RJ. And she's on there promoting the 30 for 30 podcast she did about uh, Donald Sterling, the owner of the Clippers, and him getting ousted and all the crazy racist stuff he said and how uncomfortable he made players. And it's a really uh, very layered, incredible story, really, in the history of sports. But they were talking to her about she also covers the Lakers because she's in L.A. and what it was like covering LeBron as a Laker. And listen to what she had to say about LeBron as a Laker. Covering LeBron, I thought it was it felt surreal because it didn't feel like LeBron was really here. Like, does that make sense? Like, it yeah. was, you know, yeah, he was in Los Angeles, but there wasn't really a connection to the place. It was like, here's LeBron, and he was with the Lakers, but not really. It was just, it was almost like he never planted any roots down. He never grew or anything like that. And, you know, the team didn't win. So you had all the hoopla and everything surrounding LeBron, but there wasn't like really an embrace. Um, at all and uh we'll see if that's gonna be different in year two all right this is there's two aspects of this that i'm really fascinated by ben number one that's the idea that he got there and knew they weren't going to be any good so it's like all right let's just have an audition and see if i like any of these people and you know we talked about him when he was hurt not being on the bench drinking wine with the executives in a box that's not putting your roots down that's separating yourself from your teammates but there it reminded me of one other incredible thing Remember a couple of weeks ago when that David Griffin story came out in Sports Illustrated, and he was saying some things that a lot of people are critical of, including the idea that once LeBron won that championship for the city of Cleveland, he exhaled. <laughs> and then he made all of his energies, instead of being the greatest basketball player in the world and winning championships, all of his energies came about, will I one day own an NBA team, and will I one day play with my son? <laughs> and I thought... You know, Griffin got killed for saying that, but he lived that. And, you know, I mean, there was a lot of people like, hey, once Dirk got a championship, he exhaled. We talk about the nature of things. Once you pour everything into this one accomplishment and you get it, human nature is going to make you exhale. And I thought those are really interesting comments. She covered LeBron for a full year and never really felt like he was connected with the team. Wow. And, you know, I think part of that was he immediately wanted to trade everybody. Right. You know, let's right. say, hey, I appreciate that you have all this young talent, but now i got to trade you guys for veterans so we can go win all these games, right? Yeah. And so maybe he didn't want to have close ties to anybody because he was about to punt everybody. Yeah. Think about, and by the way, Rondo's back with the Lakers. Think about what Rondo said. Rondo said all of his teammates grew up worshiping him. Imagine coming home and your dad wants you out of the house. 
<laughs> That's basically what it was for these guys that worshipped LeBron every day going into work knowing LeBron was trying to get rid of them. Never meet your heroes, man. <laughs> Never meet your heroes or play with them. Except us if we're your heroes, which right. means you're really shooting low. Yes. Uh, but let's say that you have sure. some hero issues. Yeah. We can't be faulted for that. No. But if we're your heroes, we would love to meet you. You guys are my hero. Pluck- Thank you, Shippy. We'd love for you to come have lunch with us at Pluckers in Dallas. Are you in? Yeah, I'm on my way right now. All right, right. good, good, good. Uh, Good having a rudderless ship. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 